Welcome to the end-to-end value chain podcast series. In this series, we discuss industry insights from people working to find solutions that benefit the entire value chain. My name is Sarah Menigo, Communications Officer at the Consumer Goods Forum. And today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Niels Pedersen, Senior Vice President of Product Strategy at Stebo Systems. Welcome, Niels. It is a great pleasure to have you with me today, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm, I'm honored to be here, and I'm looking forward to it as well. So let's dive right in. Can you provide some background on data exchange automation as it relates to consumer goods manufacturers and retailers? Certainly. So I've spent a lifetime of um, optimizing uh, data processes and, and business processes, and in particular with uh, companies who deals with uh, products. So currently, we uh, provide solutions to some of the world's largest uh, retailers as well as the largest uh, CPG uh, companies. So one of the things that we do for our, our customers is to ensure that the products that they have, new products they're introducing, that they're able to communicate and share that information out to all of their resellers at a global scale. So when we're talking about the world's largest uh, companies, they trade in pretty much every country there is in this world. Their products end up with pretty much every person on on this planet, as well as in every uh, country or every every language that they uh, do services in. It is uh, no small task to try to optimize and automate uh, many of these processes there is around introducing new products as well as sharing all of the detailed information about it. Okay, thank you. And can you explain the role of master data management? Yes. So if we look at the master data management and the definition of it, it is um, really the essence of of what you do to run a business. So it's the core data that allows you to um, work with and interact with all of your suppliers as well as as all of your resellers. So an example of master data would be product information. And typically the companies that we deal with, product information and product information management is at the core of these business processes. So if I'm looking at a company that's introducing a new type of shampoo, so what information do I need to get out to every reseller that I have? So these are typically B2B customers and that we're dealing with um, and and all of the, the details that is necessary for somebody on the reseller side to make a decision about, I wanna purchase and use this in my supply chain um, as well as the information that's necessary to get it in warehouses and shell, uh, shelves, uh, as well as uh, probably on e-commerce sites as well. So we're dealing with uh, very detailed and granular um, information that you're at every level when it comes to uh, doing e-commerce or commerce between uh, companies. And so that's really the, the discipline um, that, that it's about. Like, how do I manage this information? How do I acquire it? Uh, How do I enrich it and how do I share it and how do I do that in the most um, optimal way so that we don't uh, spend time on maintaining a status quo, but we're always enriching the data set that we we deal with. What are some of the challenges for CPGs in automating data exchange? Why is it often so difficult? So 
And the challenge is, is mostly around the scale. So it's talking about if you're looking at the typical customer that we have, they're global. They deal in every country, they deal in every language. And uh, most of uh, the retail in this, this world may uh, carry their products. So what it's really about is, is the scale. So uh, the, the way that you interact with your um, resellers, the more that you can automate um, the exchange of information and therefore facilitate these business processes, the better. So some of this automation can be using artificial intelligence to um, make sure that uh, we don't have human beings sitting there on a monthly basis and repeating the same task as they've previously done. Uh, so the more we can apply when it comes to uh, automation of business processes um, is, is key. Um, the requirements are also changing. So we as consumers, we're very demanding. And uh, the typical consumer can be demanding, but there are also specialized consumers. There may be people uh, who have um, allergens uh, to particular ingredients of products. So those uh, customers and consumers will be seeking more detailed um, information when they're looking at a product, but they're also looking for more of that information to be used uh, when they're having shopping lists or doing a basic research about the product. So there's a lot of uh, different things when you start saying, okay, how can, what can we use an enriched data set for? What are the expectations that we have as uh, consumers when we uh, shop online or when we shop in stores that some of this information is uh, tied directly to that or indirectly to that? Uh, so if I am dealing with uh, some of the requirements um, that are more probably more on the brand promise side, then may go all the way back in the supply chain uh, to the original supplier of this uh, of a particular ingredient or uh, the origin of a particular ingredient. So if we're looking at like end-to-end -end supply chain. There are things that go all the way back to a, a single ingredient of a product that goes out to the way that a particular consumer is making either buying decisions uh, based on their requirements. Uh, so if we look at it, it is, uh, it's, a, it's a complicated uh, thing that we are dealing with. So dealing with data exchanges and the automation is uh, what it boils down to at the end. You have touched on how data automation brings value to consumers by providing access to information that empowers them to make informed purchase decisions based on their requirements whether it's ingredients, the manner in which it was sourced, the origins, and so forth. My follow-up question is, what value does it bring to the supplier? So the, the value to the uh, supplier as well is, is on, uh, automation on that side as well. So uh, similar to a, a, a CPG company that's providing information out uh, to their resellers and the end consumer, on the supplier side, optimizing that aspect of it as well, even if I am a supplier of a raw ingredient um, or whatever you may be delivering, it's important to have those processes optimized as well. So if you're looking at a potential recall uh, for a product based on a faulty ingredient or something that uh, you can't do that if you are not collecting all of that information throughout the supply chain. Another aspect of that is that you have these brand promises. So in order to make sure that you are uh, meeting those, uh, so, so it could be um, uh, where ingredients are coming from, it could be 
about they're not using child labor. So there's a lot of different uh, ways where there are things that you have to basically true to your brand. And if you're not taking that all the way back into your supply chain and manufacturing sites and the raw ingredients and the origin of those raw, raw, raw ingredients on the supply side, how do you know that you are meeting those brand promises? So it is, um, it is tricky um, and it is difficult, but I love that opportunity and challenge to collect and share and use all of that information throughout the entire supply chain to meet those promises that we're making uh, uh, towards the consumers that have uh, those demands. I appreciate your mention of brand promises and ensuring that the entire value chain lives up to the brand promise. That is not only communicated, but ingrained in their business operations to not only meet the expectations of the consumer, but also have a positive impact. With that being said, what future innovations do you anticipate in data automation? Yeah, so some of the demands that we have as as consumer, and 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 thank you for you know you got it got it perfect. So I, I must have done something right in order to uh, convey uh, the difficulties or or the opportunities that we have when we're delivering on those brand promises. But some of the things that that we are seeing um, in in particular is like we used to deal in transactions and buying individual products, and we're moving a little bit beyond that. So. Uh, let's say, for example, I go to the Home Depot and uh, what does Home Depot sell? They're selling lumber, they're selling uh, roof tiles, they're selling nails and screws and so forth. But in my mind as a consumer, I may come in and say, I am buying a shed. So I'm buying a, a project. So that's one example. Another example would be that, why do I go to the grocery store? I'm buying ingredients, but I'm really in my mind I'm buying a meal. And some of these things are complicated based on you know, allergens and other social preferences and so forth. But going beyond the, the transactions at an individual product level to um, either uh, a project level or meal level. And we can, we've also seen it in other industries, like I'm not buying a hotel room for the weekend. Uh, I'm buying an experience. So I'm buying a weekend experience that may include um, might include a concert, may include a tricky dinner ticket, it may include um, a round of golf. Uh, so some of our customers are dealing with that. Say so we're selling, we want to get away from selling individual products to selling experiences. So we see that as a general trend. And in order to do that, there's a lot of integrations that have to take place. There's a lot of information that has to be available in order to do that. Um, but these are some of the opportunities. Then we, when we do automate and facilitate all of this, these are the opportunities that are out there that, that companies that are willing to uh, take that from inspiration from the consumer to delivering those experiences that they will be able to do. That is an interesting perspective to view a product, not as it is, but rather as part of a project or experience. So this provides manufacturers and retailers insight to consumer purchasing behavior in order to package and deliver on these experiences to the customer satisfaction. Certainly, and some of these innovations that you can tell is like you're combining products or services from many different uh, manufacturers or, or, or providers. So the ability to integrate and you're across those, and you think about, hey, well, no manufacturer is selling a shed and yeah. no um, service provider 
is uh, selling all of these different uh, things that goes into um, like a weekend experience uh, so forth. So, uh, so there is uh, the expectation that we have and the insight that we have when we can look at these you know, experiences or projects or something as a whole, as well as providing the additional information about it. So if I'm buying a shed, I'm expecting uh, to have information about you know, how, what dimensions that, that I need, and maybe what permissions I have to ask for, uh, and, and maybe what tools I need. So it's, it's, a, it's a very, very different approach uh, to take in, I mean, you're, you're moving from uh, selling individual products and transactions to uh, selling projects or experiences, something that combines um, a lot of different uh, products from many different manufacturers, um, as well as uh, maybe services that go along with delivering them. So every aspect of the value chain ecosystem is interdependent in identifying and providing a solution. If, if not every aspect of the solution that you're looking for is available and then there's a breakdown. So yeah. if the screws aren't available, well, you can't make this yet. If the instructions aren't available or the permits that you need or whatever. So there's, it becomes uh, complicated to, to do, um, but you know, that's the opportunity uh, as I see it. So we have reached the end of our podcast. It has been a really insightful and interesting conversation, understanding how data automation impacts the entire value chain and what to look forward to in terms of future innovations. Thank you so much for sharing the insights, for sharing examples that you know make it <laughs> relatable for um yes i, I know we, we talked maybe very little about uh, data management but to me it's always important it's like why are we doing the data management in in the first place and the processes necessary to to support and why yeah why are we doing this because even though i've spent a, a, a lifetime in data management to me it was never about the data. It was always about the business processes, always about the people that we we're supporting, reducing the friction, reducing the frustration and, and making life uh, easier and, and allowing all of us uh, to not waste the time on, uh, on, on, uh, based on data problems on the back end. So I fix data, I fix processes, I optimize and automate the processes and that's what we do. But at the end of the day, I see a lot of pleasure in smooth experiences and, and smooth uh, um, transactions um, at whoever I know is at the end of the day is consuming uh, this information that I have uh, helped them, the companies that we deal with uh, manage in a better way. On a final note, it is impressive to hear you speak about how it drives efficiency for business processes, how it creates smooth experiences and overall makes life easier for everyone. I really look forward to learning more about the impact of processing and automation of data management and the shared value across the supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that as well. And um, it's been, been my pleasure to uh, talk to you today. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about the Product Data Coalition and the work done at end-to-end value chain, please visit us at theconsumergoodsforum.com. Thank you and see you soon.